We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Last week we had Ruth Valerio come and speak with us um, about environmental justice and the amazing work that Tia Fund do and I guess gave us a good overarching why is this even a thing that we're talking about in the first place of environmental justice and then today we, we want to sort of just nail that down really of like what that means for us how do we actually outwork that in our own lives in our discipleship to Christ um, so we've invited Ali because Ali is an absolute dharma doing this stuff um, do you want to give like a little intro of who you are Ali very quickly yeah thank you Luke um, yeah, it's great to be here. Um, so, uh, yeah, I came to Loughborough originally as a student in, back in 2008, so it's been a little while. Um, and I, yeah, have been part of OH1 now for five and a half, six years, part of Rooted Small Group, uh, married to Ruth as well uh, in 2019. Um, yeah, and we are now settled in Loughborough, and uh, it's the place that we call home. Uh, my day job is a primary school teacher. I work in Eastleek, which is just outside Loughborough, so... Used to speaking to smaller children, and I was saying to Jared earlier, I'd probably feel more comfortable if everyone was sat cross-legged on the floor, but uh, we'll manage. Could I, I'm just going to go on a bit of a diversion. Sorry. Okay, this is going to happen a lot, guys. Yeah, I'm, I've, I'm full of diversions today. Um, you, you, like, when did you become a Christian? Like, how many years ago now? Um, it was, yeah, five, six years ago, basically, when I came back up to Loughborough. Yeah, and you weren't part of like a Christian family growing up and stuff like that, were you? No. Um, yeah, a bit of a different journey to faith, I guess, to a lot of people. Um, so I was not, no. It's uh, something that I found later in life and was here as a student and, um, yeah, completely passed me by faith, essentially. Yeah. But, uh, yeah Sorry, I've I'm I'm thrown that on you, Ali, but I think just, I felt when, when Rob was sharing what you just shared, I felt just in the room there might, there might be some people who'd I opted out of saying yes to Jesus because I thought I've had to grow up in a Christian family. And I just want to sort of, like, bust that myth, basically, that Jesus is for everybody. It's not just like a, a family line thing. And, yeah, just as we sat down, I was like, oh, flipping heck, we've got a real-life example. <laughs> um, so, sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there. It's good. We welcome those diversions, definitely. So today we're going to have a conversation, and we just want to name that there's going to be loads of these conversations happening around small groups, ta kitchen tables, in households, in families, and this is just one conversation, and it's a start. Um, but do continue on these themes, these topics in your small groups as well. Should we go for a first question? So, Ali, what does environmental justice mean to you? Yeah, I think it's a wide-ranging thing. Um, but trying to put it down into some sort of words, I think it's around the protection of our natural environment um, and then everything that depends on that, so wildlife um, and people. Um, I think, unfortunately, like a lot of things in this world, there obviously, you know, we refer to it as a justice issue because there are injustices. Um, so I think it's, it's about those injustices, whether that is the use of land, whether that is pollution, um, the impacts of the climate cri crisis. Um, and unfortunately, that impacts on a lot of people, often the, the poor and the more marginalised um, in our world as well. So I think, yeah, in, re in relation to them. Um, and obviously, it's one of many 
justice issues that we have talked about in this series and it is so intertwined, I think, with others. It's very hard to talk about environmental justice without it coming into social justice and economic justice and racial justice and they are all linked together essentially, aren't they? Yeah, it's really hard to like separate out um, these kind of, we've had to do it for this, haven't we? Put some weeks, some themes that we're discussing, but God's justice, you can't really just just grab a little bit of it, can you? And, and be content with that. We want to experience the fullness of God's justice. Yeah, I've got, I've got a little bit more on that as well. Um, so I think if I could kind of sum it up, I guess it's for caring for the earth as, as God intended us to do. Um, and I mean, Jesus fought for justice, didn't he? And I think, you know, it's, it's that fight that we have to pick up and fight for justice uh, for our environment as, as Jesus did. And um, I guess one of the reasons it's, it's so close to my heart is we depend on this world. Um, without it, we're going to find it very difficult. So that is why I feel, yeah, so passionate about it. Um, and there's a, a verse in, in Romans uh, 14, 17, which talks about justice, peace, and joy um, in the Holy Spirit. So I think it's about relating that to the planet, um, justice for the planet, um, peace or shalom, wholeness for our planet, that togetherness, um, and then joy in our planet as well. You know, God gave it to us um, for us to, to take joy from it, to find the joy in it. Um, so I think that's just as important. Yeah, it's really good. And I think that whole heart of joy, like we have touched on it loads this series, haven't we, of like just as isn't just a sort of added extra. Um, it is right at the centre of, of God's heart and his nature and his character. And we, we were laughing just as we were, we were chatting, Ali, weren't we? And, um, there isn't that sort of like golden verse of, in, particularly in the Gospels, of Jesus telling us, you know, blessed are those who recycle or blessed are those who, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I've got a terrible example. Use shampoo bars. Oh yeah, or yeah. something like that. There Trendy. isn't that. There isn't that sort of golden one that you're like, oh, I just want to hook my whole sort of environmental justice or eco living onto that one verse. And if anybody was at this student night um, a couple of Mondays ago, similar in terms of like dating, like there isn't that one verse in the Bible where you can be like, oh, that's the dating verse, um, to hook it on, be like, oh, great, we've done that. There isn't the same with with like eco-living environmental justice. So when that isn't the case, we've got to look at like the big picture. We've got to look at God's character. We've got to look how he, he, how he works, um, his heart, his desire for the earth, and, and sort of wrestle with it and hopefully come up with a picture of, oh yeah, there is a God that we see through scripture um, that is really passionate about the, the world that he created, the creation that he created and for caring for it well and not just being loosey-goosey with it. Yeah, totally. And we often use the kind of phrase stewardship, I guess, when we talk about the earth, but also we, we talk about stewarding our bodies and stewarding our finances. How um, can we be good stewards of God's creation? That's such a huge part of environmental justice, the fact that we're created and this is, and we are, and all people are his creation so how can we steward that yeah well I think I, I would go back to Genesis and and the instructions that God kind of gave us um so 128 God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea the birds in the sky 
over every living creature that moves on the ground. Um, so there's a few bits I'd just like to kind of pick out of there. So that phrase, subdue it, I think in, in English, when you think of that, I think it can translate as almost not quite negative things, but you know, maybe conquer or overpower. Um, but the Hebrew word there is kabash, um, which can mean exploit or enslave. Um, but it can also mean to, to tame something that's wild, to bring order out of chaos um, or harmony out of disharmony. Um, so I think, yeah, that's something that God is asking us to do. Um, he, didn't, he wants us to, to take what he gave us and to yeah, work that for good, essentially. Um, and then ruling over, um, that word is radar in Hebrew. Um, and a translation that I found of this, or a, a way that a Hebrew scholar put it, was to actively partner with God in taking the world somewhere. And I really love that as a phrase, um, as something that he's kind of called us to do. Um, and yeah, I, I dug out some notes from the weekend away as well, Martin Young, who, who came to speak. Um, and this was around Genesis 2.15. Um, man was put into the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And, and Martin referred to two terms, which are sometimes used in a translation there being to cultivate and to keep. Um, so cultivating to, to work, to serve, to make things flourish, um, and to keep, to protect, and to cherish. Guarding, looking after, sowing into. Um, yeah, so I think in summary, it's, it's living within our means in this world, um, not living beyond them. Um, and in a way, I guess, that is, is just for everyone, uh, for people, for the planet, for wildlife, for everything that, that God put here on this earth. There's like that consumering piece, isn't it, of like what do we... How do we consume and how does that translate into us outworking this environmental justice with the things? Because we consume absolutely like everything that like we have to to live, don't we? That's more of just a rhetorical sort of thought, really. I guess like we've become increasingly connected to each other, connected to stuff, and less connected to kind of the earth in some ways. And like we quite often brush over where stuff has come from. And it's a real intentional choice, isn't it, to dig in, figure out, find out where's this stuff coming from? Because it's coming from somewhere. Yeah, it's definitely a huge issue. Um, I think it's one that people are a lot more aware of now. But it's very, very difficult. And there's no one right answer with all of these things as well. You know, I can sit here as someone who I would say tries to live this out, but we will have to have grace for ourselves, I think, because there's definitely things that I don't do as well as I would perhaps like to, and there's always things that you can do better, and I think, yeah, it is, it's the awareness of it, and, and we'll touch on it later, I think, when we as, as practical things, but yeah, consumerism is a huge, uh, huge issue now, um, which is difficult to, to find answers for as well. You, you spoke about something about that, like... At lunchtime. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking about, um, I listened to another talk from Ruth, um, the speaker we had last week, and she was talking all about consumerism and how actually she wasn't shaming the charismatic church, but she was saying we've got so familiar with the culture of consumerism that it's even creeping into how we think about church, how we think about worship, how we think about God. We consume the songs of worship that people produce, and um, she just was, she wasn't, 
being rude or um, dismissive of the charismatic church. She was part of it, we're part of it, we're not ashamed of that. But she was saying, just be aware of the culture that we're growing up in, that we're living in, and how far-reaching it is, I guess, that consumerism piece. Yeah. Is that what you were thinking? <laughs> it wasn't, actually, no. <laughs> Can't remember what else. It was around about. that whole thing of, like, discipleship and, like, outworking this. N- none of us are going to get it perfect, and we actually have to work at it all the time. Because we might think, oh, great, we've done one thing, you know, to, to be conscious about how we consume or how, how we live our lives environmentally um, friendly and everything like that. But it's not just, oh, great, we've done that and then just carry on. But it's like that ongoing discipleship journey. Okay, Jesus, where, where else do I need to grow in this area that you call us to do? Um, it's just a whole other avenue of discipleship, isn't it? Should we get people into groups and do that passage? Great. Um, so we're wanting to look at Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. So if you've got your Bibles on you, um, find that in your Bibles. If you don't, use your app. If you don't have that, just Google it, Colossians 1, 15 to 20. Okay, so Colossians 1, 15 to 20. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is the beginning of all. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Wonderful. We want you to get into groups of threes or fours. um, And we want you to read that passage again in your groups and read it through the lens of environmental justice. And then, well, that's, that's that really. Discuss in your groups afterwards what does that mean through the lens of environmental justice? What stands out? Are there things that you notice? So we'll give you like five minutes for this. So groups of three and four, read that passage again. And then discuss what does that mean through the lens of environmental justice. Brilliant. Okay, bring those conversations to a close if that's all right. Don't worry too much about getting back into neat rows. Overrated, aren't they? Okay, so um, we'd love to, to hear some of the gold that's in the room and what you've been discussing, really. 
And after reading that passage, what, what does our environmental justice look like through reading that passage through that lens? So I'm going to roam around and just quickly sort of share what your groups may be discussed. So um, hands up in the air if you want to share, and I'll come around. Let's not make this awkward, guys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we kind of had the analogy um, that, I, I don't know, if the, if the queen was to give us, um, it's weird to hear my voice, <laughs> uh, to give us her palace, I guess, to look after, then how would we actually, like, treat that place? Um, same with, like, any, any house that, like, our friends would kind of give to us and it's the same kind of thing like um, this is God's like creation this is his he owns it um, and yeah are we kind of uh, treating it how we would as not our not something we own but like something that is someone else in something like that's precious to God um, yeah. nice um, who's next? And in the meantime, if anybody else wants to chip in, Ali, Rach. Anyone on this side? Um, so, sorry. Um, in our small group, we're, we're doing actually about simplicity um, at the moment, which is, again, tied into lots of this stuff. And uh, one of the points that we um, went through with kind of justice and, and stuff and things, it's actually by, you know, seek first his kingdom. Um, and out of that, you outwork justice in all, in all you, you do. Um, and so we're do, doing that on an individual level. Um, it all kind of builds up. So there's that kind of, if, you know, you're seeking first his kingdom, you're seeking justice in, you know, racial justice, economic justice, social justice. As an individual, if you have that kind of hat on constantly, um, it all kind of builds up as a... Um, accumulation of things. But also um, the second point within there of um, thrones and you know, principalities, I think a lot of us do as much as we can within the systems that we are kind of kept in. And I think as individuals, as Christ followers, we have to fight the authorities and principalities that we are in to change them for the better. Um, so not just on a individual, oh, I'm the consumer, it's my fault, but actually let's change things on a big scale through seeking first his kingdom. Cheers, Joe. Charlotte's got one. <laughs> Thanks for the nomination, Michael. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we also talked about how everything is made for God as well. Um, so bringing in, obviously, what Ali was talking about in terms of like social justice as well, um, and just being knowledgeable about where you're getting things from. And a lot of the time we can just block out, like we maybe know that people are slaves to making fast fashion and things like that. I'm just being more conscious about where is our heart posture in terms of buying things as well as just for consumerism and commercialism and trying to keep up with trends. Um, yeah, so just thinking a bit more into it and putting your money in the right places. Nice, thanks Charlotte. How many else? We might have time for a couple. Yeah, we were just saying that, um, just adding on to the point that actually that there are this, these systems in place. I, 
I work in the, the health sector and we use a, a crazy amount of plastic and it's something that actually, that it is not something we can fight um, because it's important for people's health. But, and then there's also that the, there's aspect that actually the consumerism um, and things being cheaper, usually being worse for the planet, um, people of means and people that actually can afford to spend a little bit more money actually on the more uh, sustainable things because unfortunately at the moment things that are sustainable tend to be a little bit more expensive because they're not mass produced. Um, it's our duty as people that can afford to do that, to do so that the people, so that the people that can't afford to spend more money on these things are able to do so and it has less of an impact on, on, God's, on God's planet that he's given us. Nice. Cheers, Under. So we have one more. If somebody's got a burning desire to share something. <laughs> Great. Do you guys want to share anything off the back of that? Yeah. Yeah, I will, yeah. Um, Great. That Colossians passage, you might have read it lots and lots of times, um, but maybe not in the context of environmental justice. And um, Charlotte, you sort of touched on it, and the whole thing of all things were created for and in through Jesus. And um, it's really easy just to think that's people. I think Caroline... Harmon in like the video that went out this week, really helpful reminder of the John 3.16 passage for God so loved the world, of that being the whole world and the whole earth and creation a part of it, that he gave his one and only son. And here, um, firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven or on earth, and so on, so on. All things have been created through him. Um, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body. Goes on, goes on, goes on. And it's all about all things and this whole creation. So again, not just the, the people, but actually everything and the environment. And that's the point of Jesus. That's the point of the gospel. And... If we read on in that Colossians passage, we reach verse 23, and it reads this. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Sorry, I'll read that again. I got my pacing wrong. Um, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. That's brilliant. This is the gospel that you've heard. What Paul's just wrote, what we looked at then. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature. Again, it's beyond just us. It's, it's you know, going back to that Genesis story of all the creatures and the seas. And Scotland have gone to ground. It's the whole of creation, everything involved. That is the gospel. And then Paul says there brilliantly, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. 
Paul is saying, I have become a servant to this gospel, a gospel of salvation, the gospel of love, the gospel of forgiveness, but also the gospel of creation and all things being made in and through Jesus. Which leads us on nicely into, okay, how do we serve this gospel? And what does that look like? Yeah, it's, it kind of links the whole discipleship piece and environmental justice, I guess, um, in, in saying we've become a servant of this gospel. And we know that in our discipleship, don't we? We know that we change how we live and how we work and how we walk because we have encountered the living God in Jesus, and that changes absolutely everything. And today, when we're focused on environmental justice, it's important that we still have that discipleship lens. Um, so we're going to grill Ali for a bit of wisdom on how he outworks environmental justice in his discipleship, but also share your wisdom that you've learned and picked up from other people that we can be shaped by so that we can be more Jesus-like in our walk. Yeah, thanks. I think there's a couple of kind of caveats to this um, straight off the bat. And I think um, one of them, Xander, you touched on a bit, which is, you know, you have to have the means to be able to do some of this stuff. Um, and you have to recognize sometimes that, you know, I do recognize I am in a privileged position, myself and Ruth, where we have set some values and, and we have the financial means to be able to make some of those choices. And not everyone is in that position. Um, and I think, again, you know, the way that, myself and Ruth, um, I talk about this together because it's something we spoke about at the start of our marriage. It was one of the core values that we wanted to try and outwork through our faith was our yeah, love for the environment um, and, and how we do that. Um, and it's just that that is, you know, we don't necessarily do it the right way. There is no right way. Um, the way that we do things is just a way of doing things and you can always do something slightly better. Um, so it's, it's just being aware of that, I think. And just because I say something, it doesn't mean you have to go and do it. Um, there's lots of alternatives, and you can always argue one way or the other, I think, for lots of different things as well. It's, it's a whole chain of things. It's, it's not a simple just, this is better than this. Um, so yeah, there's lots in there. Um, I guess we touched on, on consumerism, and, and consumption is such a huge, huge issue. Um, and I think we are more aware of those sorts of things now, but whether that is food, um, so some of the choices we make in terms of trying to buy organic, buying British, um, so that it's not flown, hasn't got those air miles on it, it's coming from, from a long way away, um, thinking seasonal as well, so they're things which you can get in Britain at certain times, and sometimes that is for us then trying to be a bit more adventurous in what we are cooking, because, okay, we can't get this at this time of year, and that's okay, that's the way that it, it kind of should be. Um, uh, yeah, there's, there's so much within, within food. Um, I guess I made the decision to be vegetarian based on, on environmental reasons, really. Um, yeah, through that. But then coming to, to issues spoken about, there's an argument that actually we can sustain eating meat if everyone reduces their consumption. It's not necessarily placing you know, a negative vibe completely over the whole of that. Um, but that's just a decision that yeah, I've kind of made with regards to that. Um, fashion industry has been touched on as well. I think, Shah, you mentioned that, didn't you? And it's a huge, huge one. I think a lot of people, and I certainly didn't know enough about it initially, um, but it's the second biggest contributor um, to global emissions. 10% um, of all carbon emissions around the world every year 
roughly is, is from the fashion industry. Um, so much of what gets made ends up in landfill or is just not worn um, very much by those people who do buy it. Um, there's huge amounts of, of water pollution which come from that industry as well, around 20%, um, which is a huge, huge yeah, issue, I guess. Um, That's, sorry to jump in there with, with the clothes one. It, it, it reminds me of two like, places in the Bible where God promises that he'll provide with like, the basics and like, the clothing. So there's this, there's this promise in the story of Exodus when they're in the wilderness for 40 years and Jesus says, your clothes won't wear out, your sandals won't wear thin. And they didn't. And there's a it's a tiny little verse, but it's like, oh wow, they didn't have to go to Primark and grab a load of clothes because they, just, they didn't wear out. For 40 years, their clothes didn't wear out. Like, you don't hear preachers on that, but that's pretty cool, isn't it? And then you've got Jesus' promises us, like how much more do I love you, you know, like the, the birds in the air, how much do I provide for them? Will I not provide for you? So that, like, consumers, and I'm just thinking, flipping out, we've got a God of provision. So, like, there's, there's a step before, like, the environmental stuff, isn't there, of, like, what do, what do I need? How can God provide? Fascinating, sorry. No, that's good. Um... JB said that we're doing a simplicity series at the moment um, and yeah, one of the most recent ones was on fashion, simplicity of, of your wardrobe essentially, how many clothes do you actually need in there um, and interestingly in the, the podcast I listened to on that is um, from Bridgetown um, over the pond um, and they brought up that verse actually that you just spoke about there um, and the fact of, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but it was around at the time actually clothing wouldn't have really been an issue back 2,000 years ago, you know, you would have had a set of clothes and that would have been it. So actually, why was that used as an example in scripture at that point? And that, that was a really interesting point for me to think about. And that almost seems like it's, yeah, written for us in 21st century society rather than, uh, yeah, 2,000 years ago in Hebrew society. Yeah, I think um, when you're chatting about this kind of stuff, fashion, food, all that kind of stuff, the stuff that comes to mind is is kind of contentment, I guess. Like, that's the antidote, isn't it, to consumerism in some ways, is, is being content with what we have. And, um, yeah, I was just reminded of in 1 Timothy where it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. And I just think that's, that's part of it, isn't it? It's learning what we have already in Jesus. Yeah, completely. It, it really is. Um, I think one of the biggest things as well is, is just education and educating yourself around these issues. You know, I have only become more knowledgeable about it by, yeah, being educated, whether that is by other people, whether that is by things that I've listened to. Um, and I think going out and just, you know, if you are purchasing something, well, what is the backstory to that? Where has it come from? Um, what impact is that having on the world? Um, and this is, is, again, this is a little phrase that which we often try to kind of live by, but I think Richard White, who spoke on uh, economic justice as well, sort of used something around this, and it was, there's always a cost to something that you're getting, but it's, we, we need to decide who's paying for that. So is it that you're, you know, going into generic brand place and buying a three-pound T-shirt? You know, what, what is the cost then of that? Okay, that cost is not to you, but where is that cost? Is that to the people in a third world country who have made that and are not being paid enough for 
for what they've done? Um, is it the earth that's paying the cost for that in some sort of way? Um, and it's deciding, yeah, where, how we value that, I suppose. Built of everything that we bought, we were like, is this loving my neighbour? I wonder if that would like change things and the way that we, we bought things, the way that we treated things. We did stop your mid-flow of the things that you were listening. Uh, listening, um, listing. Goodness me, Ali. Um, are there any more of the sort of practical points that you want to sort of touch on quickly? Yeah, I mean, I could go on about consumerism forever, really, but I think it's one that people are more aware of. Um, another big one is travel. You know, travel industry is, is huge again, big, big global um, carbon emitter. Um, I think you can you can look at that again as an individual and these decisions that you, you can make, um, whether that is your regular kind of daily commutes, whether that is to a workplace, whether that's coming down to campus, um, to holidaying and things like that as well. Um, and again, I, I would, I would say it's the cost and who's that, who's that cost for? Um, Ruth and myself, we've decided that we, we don't want to take short weekend breaks to, to Europe because we feel the cost for the earth is, is too great and that we can't justify that. So. You know, we're going to limit ourselves to maybe a flight every couple of years. Um, and we're trying to, to live out that, I suppose. Um, we're hoping to go to Europe this summer, but we're going to look at interrailing and, and going on the train because that is, you know, better for the world. It's maybe a bit more inconvenient, but we're willing to, to sacrifice that. Um, so I think travel is a, is a good one that, that you can consider. Energy is obviously a big one out there. Um, a lot around that at the moment with rising energy costs um, and everything there, but you know, there's there's been a lot out there for a long time really about green renewable energies, but I think that's still something which we can choose um, in our consumption. You know, who are who is our energy provider? Um, what are, are we doing? And I guess as you get further out, you know, you, you grads who are going to leave uni or people who have left uni already, and, and homeowners, you know, you have more of a say over those sorts of things and, and making decisions around that which are positive. Um, so a couple more there. I don't know if you guys have anything to, to chip in? I guess I was just going to reflect like what I'm noticing in, in yours and Ruth's life is that you have educated yourself, but you've not let it stop at kind of head education. There's been a real challenge, a real heart kind of, um, yeah, a, a provocation, I guess, to do something. Um, is it comfortable now? Is it challenging still? <laughs> Yeah, I think it is. I mean, we, we always, I think, reflect on, on what we are doing. And I think there's, you know, you, you try and start spinning plates in another area and, and working on something over there. And if you start crashing down over here. Um, so, you know, we looked at plastics a while back and, and what are we consuming and trying to minimize that. And, you know, then we concentrate on a few other things and that got dropped a little bit. So I think it is a huge challenge to, to keep these up. And Again, this is where I think uh, I touched on it earlier. I think you have to have grace for yourself. You know, you can't try and do everything at once, and it, it does have to start small. And just being aware of things is the first step. Um, it's you know, you're not necessarily going to be able to go go away and change everything in your lifestyle. Um, and I think ultimately, and I think we'll come on to this in response. Actually, it can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming because although you might be able to make changes in your own individual life. You know, how, what is that actually? That is just a very small drop in the ocean of the climate crisis and how much impact is that really having? And I think how you then, yeah, deal with that and, and feel with that can be, can be really challenging and tough. Yeah, there's like something every individual can do, but really it's a community 
effort, isn't it, um, to respond well to um, yeah, the climate emergency and to ensure that God's justice is outworked for the environment as well. I'm just aware of time. Um, there might be people in the room but this is really on your heart. Like You feel like, actually, God's given me a real heart for this, particularly this area of justice around the environment. Um, do speak to Ali, do speak to, to Ruth afterwards, because um, it was a similar sort of context where sort of things sparked for you, wasn't it? When we had Caroline come and speak a few years ago, and that sort of um, sort of accelerated a few things that you've been doing, hasn't it? So, if that is you, do chat to these guys um, because they'll be brilliant and be able to share even more than they've shared um, here today. Um, Rach, you spoke a little bit about, um, I'm sorry, I'll try and tee you up better this time, around the kingdom peace. Yeah, I remember this time. Should um, we, cl- we close with that? Yeah. And then, and then Ali, then... would you be good to pray? Yeah, yeah, I can do. I'd, I'd, I know we're short on time, yeah, but another little, little snippet as well. Yeah, I mean, great. I think there's, there's lots of stuff that we talk there about, you know, personal individual things that you can change um but just to throw out a couple of things um and and again this comes back to some of the things Ruth talked about last week so I mean prayer is a big action thing that you can do as well and the um I think just praying for the climate um for the world um and then it's I think spreading the word and speaking to people about it getting it into conversations we talked about this is not just today is it it's go and talk about it in your small groups and have those conversations and those sorts of things and I guess more practically, you know, if, if this is a heart issue for you and you want to get involved a little bit more, just a, a couple of things that, that do happen. Um, we started about a year ago now a climate vigil um, every Friday outside Jane Hunt's office um, in Loughborough. So I'm not now able to be much of a part of that with, uh, with my work. But um, yeah, that's for about an hour and it's people from all different backgrounds now as well. Um, and it's, it's just gathering to, to try and influence, I guess, on a local level um, and, and to pray as well into that. Um, and then Caroline Harmon, who some of you may be aware of, was a, a founder of um, a group called Christian Climate Action, um, which is kind of a, a sort of an arm, I suppose, of Extinction Rebellion, um, who obviously get involved in, in more sort of actions and things. Um, so that's a, a group that I've become part of as well, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going out and doing these big actions, uh, climbing onto planes and things like that that you see on the news, but um, it's just a more practical way to, to outwork, I suppose, and if you feel like you want to take it further than just your own personal things, how can you try and influence on a, in a wider sphere, um, then that's a great group to get a part of as well, and as Luke said, just uh, come and have a conversation, have a chat to me, um, and yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think that leads us on really well to respond to this. Um, ultimately, with, with the climate, with the environment, like it's not just Christians that are making great lifestyle choices um, for our planet, but um, we can intercede because we know God and we can bring his kingdom because we know the king. So that's what the distinctive is, I guess, when we talk about environmental justice. Yes, we want to do the stuff, change our lives, change our lifestyle, but we also want to be interceding for our planet, interceding for people's hearts to be softened to the environment and to the people that are suffering most so that we can see the kingdom of God realized on earth. That's 
what we're about, isn't it? Everything that we do. So that's the distinctive. Um, we are wanting to bring environmental justice for the sake of his kingdom. And that's why we've dedicated so much space to this, I guess, in open heaven. It's not because it's a cool kind of relevant topic. Well, it is that, but it's because it's at the very heart of a just God. And we want to respond to that. Mm. Very good. Um, we do want to respond and we do want to do, do exactly that and pray just as Ali said.